everyone. Welcome to Pigskin Pandemic featuring Kevin, Matt, and Ben. Just three of your everyday guys just giving their opinions on all the latest and upcoming NFL news. Things may get a little steamy or a little wild, but hey, it'll always be unscripted and real. Let's listen in and see what they have to say this week. Welcome to the Pigskin Pandemic. I'm your host, Kevin, and I have Ben and Matt this week again. And we're going to jump right into it today. We're not we're going to skip all the preliminaries. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. What are they missing? They just they just didn't they didn't have a great answer. What in the is red it? Zone. Tampa Bay's defense in the red what zone are they missing well. on the team that could get them from just making it to the AFC championship game every other year, it seems like, or just getting bounced in the playoffs? Because look. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Another one, another, another that, like, that, that, that whole team, that whole team is set up behind. Yeah, I mean that that, that team is set up behind Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers, and and honestly, Aaron Jones is not the elite running back, and he's coming off an injury. So, okay, being fair to him a little bit. Um, but but you know, I, like like you know, he's a free agent this year, and there's a lot of teams being talked about. Miami is one of them. I don't want any part of Aaron Jones. As much as I think he's a very good running back, I don't think he's a game changer. I don't think he's an elite oh, he's running back. That. I don't think he's going to be worth the money that he's going to get on the open market from somebody. Um, he, he's he's playing with, you know, one of the best offensive schemes and quarterbacks and systems and all of those kind of things that is being a benefit to him right now completely. Okay. Um, so, you know, what what they need to improve at that spot, they need a they need a consistent number two weapon whether that's another tight end, whether that's a, a, a number two wide receiver that can win the one-on-one matchups, okay. you know, whatever it is. And, and honestly, I didn't love the play calling in, in the red zone as well, but you know, again, I'm not going to also sit here and criticize what was, you know, one of the number one, if not the number one offense in the league all year um, for, for one game's worth of you know, right. possible play calling, you know, give, give base credit where it's due, where they did in the red zone defense. Um, but you know, it's it's so you're so big for the, for the for the Green Bay Packers. All right. And let's just say for we're not even talking about salary cap. Let's throw that out the window. You got free agents on the market. You need another weapon. You have your choice. Who if you're the GM, who are you going after that could complement? Let's say you let Aaron Jones go. Look, I don't even want Aaron Jones. I mean, honestly, Juju is probably one of the best complimentary wide receivers okay. you could go and get because he complements yeah, what Devontae Adams brings to the table yes. in so many ways. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. Is that, but, but but his 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 position was ignore the yes. salary cap. So if I can ignore I the salary Marvin cap, Jones then Jr. Juju makes yes. perfect sense. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. is a fantastic choice too. I you know the the you think I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. is going to get Juju money? Money. I don't know about that. I guess I, it probably not, you're, you're right because I forgot he's a little bit older. Um, so, I mean, maybe he could, you know, it, he could get his. He could initially, like his first couple years, he could get. It's probably not going to be greatly different. Yeah, but right now we're talking like a guy like off. we put him in like the the receiver area of like twelve million a year is exactly where I would think. And that's that's perfect, like number right, two right. slot kind of money. Uh, what about Hunter Isn't Henry? Isn't he a, a tight end, though? I mean, they already have Tunyon. Tunyon's been uh, yeah. very, very uh, – he's been – yeah, and, and – Yeah, he's been, he's been a great Henry tight end. 
But in this day of age, when the yeah, in yeah. this day where you know two tight ends is kind of looking like it's going to start being the norm, where you have to have two really good tight ends, both can catch out, catch both can, maybe one could block. You have maybe your primary your primary receiving tight end, but you still have that blocker that can you know uh, fan out and catch balls. Do you do you go after another? Not for tight like end? a lot of money. And, if I, and, it's, it, yeah, not especially not to, you know not to break the bank. Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari uh, was you know, out, they, right? Was he? Uh, he was out for I think all the playoffs. I think he went out like in like week fourteen. He, or something he was like that. a he 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 his play was sorely missed. I thought. Um. I, I yeah, thought, yeah, they, I they had pressure they on Rodgers, but at the same was, time, I again, I, I, I'm not going to criticize Rodgers. So I, so Marvin Jones, a Juju. What if they let Aaron Aaron Jones go? Do you think that running back that they picked up? I think they'd be crazy. Can fill what Aaron Jones do and be? be oh, you think I do be because crazy I've seen to let Aaron yes, Jones I've go? seen Green Bay do this before, okay. where they think that they've got the next heir apparent. And all, yeah. like, I, listen, if you were talking to me about Kansas yes. City. If you and yeah. you were saying, "Hey, if yeah. Kansas City was to move on from Alaire right now at the next guy," I would a hundred percent be like, "They've got somebody else." I would one hundred percent be yeah. confident in the next guy they would bring up. Yeah. However, I've seen the <laughs> Packers do this, and I don't know that this is like necessarily like endemic. That goes all the way back to right. Dorsey so, right? I mean, but think right? about how many times you've seen no, them where yeah, like all of a sudden they've got a guy, and then like, or remember how hot Eddie Lacy was, and then they and don't get me wrong, and yes. then they let it like, and then. I was going to say, but at the same time, in fairness to Green Bay, name me one no, of those Green but Bay like, running backs. Again, that that's one of those things where, like, sometimes, shit. like, you have to hold on to the guys that work for you. And, like, some teams have made, like, yeah. a, a, a thing of that. New England being one. I mean, even the Giants. Remember when the Giants were going on those two Super Bowl runs? Who were their good receivers? I mean, you can say Plexico Burris was, but Plexico Burris was, like, a number, number two slash three coming out of Pittsburgh when the Giants scooped him, yeah. and they made him a number one. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, like, you're, you, they were – they had a bunch of nobodies for the most part on that uh, on that team, and and I think it's what you're saying yeah, is basically yeah. it's even though they may they may not go to a team and be great, they're great for this team for that scheme because they know how to use them, and they just should keep right. Them we'll because call them it works for Green Bay, right? Yeah, right. I, I get what you're saying there. No, right, you're, you're right because, because he's going to want go. he's going to want like more than Aaron Jones money. And, and honestly, like running back is the most messed up position in football right now because short of Derrick Henry, who basically sets everything screwed up because Derrick Henry shouldn't have been able to play as well as he did this year after the carries he had last year right. and for the yeah. money that he got paid and all that stuff. So ignoring Derrick Henry for a moment because he's just a freak. If you look at like every other running back situation, it's always the same thing. It's, the, it's these guys, you know, Ezekiel have Elliott. great seasons – and, and put it together for a little bit, then they hit free agency, they go to another team, maybe they play well for one year, and then there's just so much tread on the tire or they, that they just fall off. And then you have a team that, that's paid this huge salary to a guy for one season off yeah. a three- or a five-year yeah. deal. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like but that's just what yeah. keeps happening or, to running backs in the NFL. You know, that's why, like, that's why like, people, like, say, like, Miami needs to go get a running back. I don't want them to go after any of the free agent running backs that are out there other than, like, some of the really – Underknown names that are out there, like I, I, I like Yannick yeah, yeah, Foreman, yeah. for example. Yeah. Because because you can pay because you can get yeah. 
good production out of a good running back and not have to pay right. him elite money. Right. Because you we keep saying this on this yeah. show, and I agree. The running back position, see, I, we keep saying it. We keep it's an expendable we, position. It's unfair to running backs, but it's, it's, it's this, the reality. But it's not being shown that the running back position is being devalued. But it's not because people will come out of their pockets and pay an arm, a leg, and a heart to go get that elite running back to take the pressure off of their quarterback because it makes their quarterback a little bit better because they don't have to throw. 40 yeah, but times. Not, However, not too willingly, you're, you know, like it's usually what's after your, a... But here's what happens. Yeah, what, what's being devalued is it's not it's not breaking the bank as a free agent right, usually but, any longer. Is, is but, that, that's gone. But how it's being devalued is that they want the running back is only good for one to two years. And at that third, once they get that second deal, okay? Because if you're going four years and you're running like Ezekiel Elliott, you're running like he is, that second deal is your last deal. You're not getting any – because you can see him. Last year, he just – and I get it, the offensive line for Dallas was whatever. Well, what you see is that all these running backs get that third deal, and the team that gives that running back that third deal always regrets it. Todd Gurley. But he's um, only on his second um, deal, right? What's his this name? Is his and, uh, this is his – this is his – well, no, I think this is his third deal because he got – he got he got a deal off Jeff Fisher. Did he? I thought and he was. I thought he was he got still... a deal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on his rookie deal with Jeff Fisher. Then he got a deal with McVeigh, and then this yeah, was but they I cut thought, him in the middle I of that. I thought that I thought. Um, oh yeah, that's right because um, he. Yeah, I'm yes, pretty sure he's on right because when Atlanta picked him up, they signed him for something. I can't remember what it is. I'll look it up in a minute, but. Oh yeah, Atlanta gave him a decent deal, and same thing with the guy out in um, in Denver. What's his name? Um, uh, from from Melvin San Gordon. Diego the year before. Um, Melvin Gordon, yeah, you know Melvin Gordon's, you know, same kind of thing again. And, and you, you know, again, he had a nice season for Denver, but do you think Denver thinks that they spent good money on Melvin and, Gordon and that's this year? Where, like your second, like I said, your right. second deal should—that's your last deal because if you make it to a third, so beat up and broken that. You should be like an RB two at that point, not an yeah. RB one. You should be scaling back on your carries because you want to preserve that. But you know, if if I'm a running back one, and they're giving me top flight money, I'm not going to say, "Oh no, just give me RB two money." No, I'm not going to do that. Give me my RB one money because that's what you're going to pay me. Yes, that's what I want. Right. right. And again, I think the exception of that being Derrick Henry because yes. I think he is on and his third deal now. Uh, no, no, no. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry came out in twenty. Sure. He's twenty-seven this years old. This would be his. This would be his second. This would be his second deal. He's, he's right in the middle. His second of that. deal. Yep, out of his extension. This is his second deal, and he he signed the extension last year. His off fourth of year. That was his fourth year coming. Well, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, like it's just it's just unlikely. That usually happens for these guys that they make it for that third deal, then, and that third deal is ever worth anything. So um, if I'm again, Green there's, Bay, there's some exceptions, but Ben, yeah. if I'm Green Bay, Matt says, "Don't get rid of Aaron Jones because hey, he works for you. He get, he catches out of the backfield really well. He's going to get you high numbers and touchdowns. Give him the money." But you're saying if if you're in that room with Matt, 
and you're calling the shots. You're saying, no, go get who? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm spending that money on offensive line and another so playmaker on, on I'm like, you can't go with Jamal Williams. Well, I, first of all, I think I think Williams played fine in in reserve role enough that you say like there's a chance. But there. didn't they already and try to go use Williams as a starter and it didn't work out? I mean, yes and no. I mean, like they they did, you know, when Aaron Jones was injured, and you know, like they, Williams played well, but not as well as Jones. But I, like, I, I'm saying, I think if you're Green Bay, you're not looking at we need to invest in having a number one run. Like, Cause that's the thing. Like, the, the running back position is only worth investing in. If the guy that you have is so dynamically game changing yeah. CMC, yeah. Saquon Barkley, Dalvin cook, Derrick Henry, probably end of list, by the what way. What about Nick? Like, I don't even put like the next tier guys, the, the Josh Jacobs, the, the like even Nick Chubb, like he's, he's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love Nick Chubb. He's one great running back. You don't see that much of a difference between what he brings to the table versus what Kareem Hunt's bringing to the table. And and that's just again, they're both very good running backs, but it's just like are, are they are they quite that elite level, just game changing type running back? Maybe Robinson, you know, that, that's what I say, you know, the next tier, like Robinson, uh, Chubb, Jacobs. I do you, you want know, to point out tier right just there, so you know that you know, Jamal Williams was their starting running back. I knew he I knew he started like outside of injury. His rookie season, he started uh, all sixteen games. He and he yeah he was less less than under four yards a carry. Um yeah no he has looked way better later and then but I mean that could also be a virtual I mean, the, the because you know when you're in a system you know, I mean, that, the first that year and you kind of tank out almost like the quarterback position you know running backs can get better as they go on and you know if if year one yeah. you just tank you, that doesn't mean that year two three four that you are going to be the same tanky running back or receiver and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, that, that first year for Williams, oh, that was also under uh, McCarthy still, right? So then... Right. So, I mean, you know, there's there's some of that there, too. You know I mean? So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, again, I'm not saying Williams is like, oh, he's, he's, he's a lockdown starter. Forget it. I'm saying I think it's better value to say, okay, we got a guy in Williams who's, who's at least shown he can be a guy, and we can go get a, a, another running back, either virtue of, of, you know, just good value in free agency, or a running back in the draft, which is ultimately where you really want to get your running back position from. Because you want to bring in a guy who's got enough youth like and, and tread Gallman. left on the tire that you can use him for two or three years. I mean... Wayne like, Gallman's yeah, going to start Wayne somewhere, Gallman, man. Like exactly. the, Giants, I, I, the Giants aren't going to be able to afford to keep him. Um, I think is he, Wayne is Gallman, he a free agent? Is he unrestricted uh, this Hold year? on one second. I'm pretty I thought sure he was under he's contract. up. Uh, I think he's he becomes now, a free let me, agency let me back this up season. Let's see. Why are you looking at that? All right. So we're looking at. Okay. I'm looking at um, just carries in general. Okay. And I'm looking at the top two, three, mm-hmm. four. I'm, you know what? I'm just going to take the top two running backs. Top two backs this year. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry had. Almost three. He had 378 carries this year, which is unbelievable. Dak, and he missed time. 
Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. and missed twelve carries, which is a lot of carries. The next person who has carries, the next person, the fourth, the third highest carry was Josh Jacobs with two seventy three. That's a huge fall off. Zeke only had two hundred and forty four. Aaron Jones only had two hundred and one carries. But Kareem, but check this out though. Here, well, yeah, they, was, they really did more. You know, anybody who played fantasy this year Nick knows Chubb, they right? did more of them. Because they say you said that Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much difference. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt actually had they're different skills as well. You see similar production. Now I get he was hurt. But at the same time, like, are is yeah. Cleveland really using Nick Chubb yeah. as the, because he's averaging five, almost five and a half yards a carry? Are they using him like Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb and and some of these other middle of the pack backs? Are they using Nick Chubb? Matter of fact, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had nine less carries than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb only had 190 carries. Well, I mean, the good, the good thing is if you're a Browns fan and, and, and for Nick Chubb is that you're getting still good production definitely out of him and you're keeping some of that wear off the tire for him. So, you know, when when Kareem Hunt's deal comes up, you're probably going to let him go and hang on to Chubb and not that's not such a bad situation and to even pay Chubb the next contract because you're getting a guy who instead of being your 25 carrier guy – um, you know, you're getting him at, you know, half those carries because, oh, no. you know, Hunt took a lot of the, the wear and tear off of him there. So, I mean, that's, that's why it's not a bad deal. It's just unusual, you know, like, let, let's be yeah. honest, the only reason why Kareem Hunt and <laughs> yeah. that situation exists there is because yeah, Kareem Hunt's it. a scumbag that's and the Brown fact. said, we don't care, he's a scumbag. You're right. I mean, that's, that's the reality. And I mean, he... you know. Kareem Hunt should be on the Super Bowl he, team right now. I know now. he is kicking his You know, when you think about it, that, you know, Kareem Hunt should be the, the running back, not Hilaire, you know? Two Super Bowls in the past three years, and he's on a team that barely – that that their way into the well, playoffs. Without question. He yeah. wasn't a major yeah. – he was – they weren't – he wasn't – he was a – he was a – Yeah, but they're trending up, but yeah, yes, they're definitely not the Chiefs. But he was more of a factor in Kansas City than he was in – as a as a running back too, he was more of a factor in Kansas City than he oh, yeah. was in Cleveland as a running back too, and it's just you look at that and you have to sit at home and you have to watch Clyde yeah. Edwards-Helaire run around all game in the Super Bowl while you're just sitting there eating Doritos. Um, I'm curious, Matt. Did you ever find uh, golf? Uh, this I was actually a sports, se- this was a sports on, season, uh, on, so being that it was yeah. a rookie deal, um, I think the team has a one-year option where they can. Uh, so, right. I so I believe that what the Giants are you know. trying to do right now is uh, work a um, an extension out with them. But that's not to say that they couldn't trade for him for a relatively, yeah. you know, I don't want to say. Yeah, no, he's like that's that's an interesting piece to see what happens there because he is a fantastic, you know, proven that he can he can play in this league, and if you could match him up with Saquon Barkley and get some of those right, wear and so, tear off of Saquon Barkley, not even that. You know, also, he played really season, well. He played really well when he started uh, when Devontae Freeman went down. So here's Wayne Gomez. Um, he had quite here's a few Wayne good Gomes games. Contract. Yeah. Yep. 
So this yeah, year, he made, so he's, his base he's salary was eight hundred twenty-five. His bonus was like one hundred and four grand. So he probably made nine hundred and twenty-five, nine hundred thirty thousand dollars this year. And his cap hit was nine hundred twenty-nine thousand. It was one hundred four thousand, right? So it was basically his cap hit was all of his salary, and the dead cap was his bonus. He's an unref- he's an unrestricted free agent this year. He's a UFA this year, right? And I, if they don't sign, oh, him, I see it. Yeah, yeah, I just found him. Yep, yep. He's unrestricted. He's unrestricted. So yeah, he he oh, is okay. he is an unrestricted Matt. So yeah, they won't be able to trade him. So he's, they should. He's probably gone because yep. I can't imagine that they're going to pony up the money. They should. Like, I know that they're trying. You know, now he's twenty seven years old. Yeah, I mean, they, like I say, here's the thing: he's 27 years old, so you know the, he is one of those guys that, like, if you're a team, you'd be looking at him and saying, like, "Ah, do I really want to count on Wayne Gallman being my starter next season?" But you know, he also you, you never know. I mean, he might he might want to say, "I can come back and I, I would do, play for this I, team I that's building him. something because great." And I like the coaching with staff. Saquon, and, you never know. You know. All those kind like, of things. He's 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 hurt. He's like. Did yeah, he have absolutely. a sixteen game season yet? Right. Yeah. I thought he got hurt each and season. I thought, his, his freshman I thought he got I thought he got hurt each season. Each year he got hurt. I thought uh, he missed some time the see. first season. But and I could be wrong. The thing is, let me let me back up some. Because I've been Nah, he played his first season. He played sixteen games. His second season, he yeah, it was his first season. His, his second season, 16, he played thirteen. Yeah, he had he a just, high ankle sprain. His third, yeah, uh, his uh, for a couple games. So he only played thirteen yeah, of sixteen, he but he still yeah. hit over, rushed for over so a thousand wanna... yards. Yeah, and still, yeah, almost, well, yeah, and still yeah, like you know, had almost yeah, yeah had almost fifteen hundred yards on purpose, uh, missing three games. So I mean, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I know we're 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 jumping ahead here to, to when we start talking about you know what some of those teams are doing in the off season, but yeah, arrow up for the Giants in a big way because the fact that they're going to be getting Saquon Barkley back after you know the kind of season they put together in in you know building things for forward momentum, yeah. they they very much look to me like a team that's very similar to the Miami a year ago, a team that you know was not super laden with talent, but you know, bought in, had a good scheme, loves the coach, run through a wall for them. And, you know, you start putting some pieces in place like they did on defense last year. And you bring in some pieces, you know, back from injury, like Saquon Barkley and, and some of the wide receiving core, you know, if Daniel Jones can continue to trend upward, you know, that could be a dangerous team, you know, that so would not shock me at all to see I them wanna, turn into a, talk about you know, 9, 10, 11 win team next it. season easily. And I've been saying on this show probably the past three or four shows that if a person gets traded, that the team uh, avoids the dead cap hit. And that's not true. If a, if a player gets traded, because I keep saying that, and I've been trying to, I'm to catch myself. Yeah. If a player gets traded, they, they, they incur the team's cap hit and the dead cap hit. Both. So it depends on 
Right. And part, some of it is yeah, unless if, part if, of the I, deal, if I look at the dead cap and the dead cap outweighs the maybe the salary cap hit that I'm going to incur and I can get out of that, that salary cap hit, I'll just take the dead cap hit and try to restructure for the salary cap hit. So, you know, that's just that's just here and there. So let, let me let me let me I got two more things to talk about. Um, and real quickly, I want to let's let's do the game because we only got one game. I already know who you guys are going to pick, so you just got to go ahead and say it. You're going to go ahead and say the Pro Bowl. It's 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 a it's a Madden Bowl. You're going to pick the Pro Bowl. <laughs> what's your early What's your early take on it, though? I know that's what I'm saying. We actually don't have to pick the game this week. We got another week before we got to pick the game. Um, I mean, you know, I think. Kansas yeah. City's the better yeah, team, Kansas so I'm City. not going to be picking it. You know, I'll wait to see what okay. everything you know, health-wise so is, this. that kind of thing. But I will it would take a lot to make me not my, believe Kansas City's the better team. It was one topic, and I'm going to wait for the next show to do the next that, that topic. Um, I'm going to go with this one here. Let's look at some of the, uh, the current coaching changes in the National Football League really fast. And we're, I'm going to – I and this is this is my first one. That's good because I've, I've been dying to get Matt's take. What on is what your the take Eagles on did. the Eagles, uh, their coaching, and and why do you think Deuce left? Now go into the mind of the Eagles really quick. Now you're not you don't have to be a Philadelphia Eagle. You're Deuce Daly. You have been interviewed for the head coaching job. They hire somebody from Indianapolis. Why are you leaving? because <laughs> he wanted to play with the man dan campbell no i'm just fucking with you like <laughs> like because because philadelphia did him wrong and he's not going to be part of that staff and they're bringing in all new you know ideas there and and he, he probably also right. sees as being a little bit of a sinking ship so um deuce why the hell wouldn't i get i'd it? imagine it's also like tough to feel like a token, <laughs> yeah, token. hire that's what i was saying like when when they said it like Jeffrey Lurie conveniently plugged yeah, that right. into his conversation that he was going to interview Deuce, and then <laughs> that was true. it. That was the last you heard of it, and then before you knew it, he was getting shipped out. It's it's probably very very hard Bro. to stay loyal to an organization that like do you listen? You know, do you uh, understand? Dra- drags your drags your name up. Have not hired. Yeah, you use uses you as token. Yeah. <laughs> offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or GM. Since Ray Rhodes, 23 seasons. It's pretty amazing. Is honestly, it, you is it you the, know, same, the same city whose fan <laughs> called Michael Scott an N-word as he walked through the parking lot? A guy who plays for their own fucking city? Yeah. He was reduced uh, yeah. to a hard R Do you remember walking that? through the parking lot. Get oh out of here, bro. He was... surprised my ass. Yeah, I remember oh. that. Surprised my ass. I'm surprised that they're not a, that the organization but doesn't goose step out worse. of the tunnel. Remember, um, oh, what was that receiver? What was the receiver? He sat there <laughs> oh, and said man. the N-word at the game, right? And they let that slide. Riley Cooper? Oh, uh, Riley Cooper. Oh, oh the... Riley Cooper. Yeah. That was that was Riley. yeah, that was on the uh Riley, yeah, yeah. The the uh, what's it called the chip uh Oh my yeah, god. That, chip was, that was pretty bad. God. God, can you can right. you imagine if that Man, happened? It was like it was like five years ago that that happened. It wasn't that long ago. 
Well, I know, but you know but that's does a big. That, does that you, you know that's a big five years in the NFL. Really that, that is a that is a night day it's, five years in the NFL. Does that really show the true colors of what Phil- the Philadelphia Eagles truly are? Like, yes, we will interview black people, and we're talking black people because Juan Castillo and there was another guy that they were they well listen listen those are the only minority i mean listen, i won't go that far that they have hired in terms of court head coordinators and head coaches and gms but is no i get that that's it's that that's pretty amazing but like i, I won't go that far to assign it to be necessarily something as uh, just, you know, t- terrible, uh, you know, in that way. I mean, the, the owner is a guy who is, is progressive and has been is very he? supportive and has been doing great things, you know, in Outside that of his regard. You know, Outside in, of his team. Years. I mean, yeah, he's, right? he's, he's done a lot in, in that regard. I mean, you know, he supported. Why wouldn't he? Well, but I mean, I, I, I don't think he's he's running the team one way and running his life another way. I mean, that that would be that, that'd be pretty surprising. Now, I'm not, Again, ba- I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, not I'm saying I'm just saying I don't giving, feel comfortable assigning that as the reason. Um, I think there's I think there's here's here's the other part. I think there's I think there's plenty, in the, and I want to get Matt's take on this part of it too. I think there's plenty also in a non-race card manner at all to discuss what Philadelphia Eagles are doing with their absolutely dumpster fire of a situation. Absolutely right. And the fact that they hired someone that absolutely right. no one on this podcast had mentioned all season long yep. as a name that anyone was looking at uh, that, you know, heard anybody talking about going into the off season, yep. any of those things. And it's not <laughs> like any of the, the, the coordinators they're bringing in are great names either. Yep. They're, they're, you know, like, this seems to me like a team that is like, well, yeah, they're the basically going to work seven two years and get fired, okay. but they get to be millionaires. So, I mean, that's kind of the trade-off, right? Like, right. you right. never have yeah, to work exactly. again if you don't want to. You'll probably get a job as like a quarterback's coach or a coordinator a couple of year or two after. But, you know, here's, yeah. you know, here's $15 million look at, for two but, years. And, you know, you get to get blamed their, for everything that goes wrong I mean, because they held the on to Howie. That they so, you know, it's not going to get better. Right. So by the time yeah, that, they that's decided, the one that really amazing. hey, let's start interviewing some of these guys, the guys that they probably wanted. And there is no look. Well, that was part of the look, problem, look, though. I don't understand why they went out there and interviewed Josh McDaniels knowing he wasn't coming to Philly. OK, that was that was just a waste of time. All right. So you had other coaches out there, maybe possibly wanting to come to Philly. But when you're not sure, and this goes back to when you look at um, when you look at Dan Campbell in, in Detroit. No, he doesn't have Matt Stafford, but they have a pick that I'm going to go ahead and grab a quarterback if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And you look at Urban Meyer, he has a number one pick. They're probably going to go ahead and pick a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, that is probably 99.999, either, even, even almost 100% of that, right? When you look at some of these coaching changes, it starts at the quarterback oh, yeah, position. Jackson, it is very that. solid yeah. that you're either going to move away from the quarterback because that's my decision that I want to do and we're going to grab yeah. one, or the quarterback that's here is good enough for us to go forward for a couple years 
We'll see what happens. And then if we need to, we'll grab one. In Philly, nobody knows what's going on. And Philly and Houston is the same way. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, can, can, I, can I give you my prediction for Philadelphia? Assuming they don't stick with Wentz, which yes. is probably the most likely thing to happen because it seems like that's where the ownership is at, the, the general manager's at, is that they made the decision we're going Wentz instead of, instead of Doug. Um, so, I mean, ignoring that that factor is probably the case. If they do move on from Wentz in any variety of ways that that could happen, I would, I think because oh, of who God. they have in there, would Jeez. it shock me to see them bring in someone like a journeyman bridge, like Jacoby? I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, he was just there with him. Mm. They love him. He absolutely, you know, they know. Yeah. You know, it just, it, it, they, like, there's a lot that fits there. You know, and and again, that's not like it's going to be a good thing. Like, wouldn't so, you? I mean, you know, Matt would be perfectly happy with Jacoby Brissett being the Eagles. Well, I don't, I don't care who I'm they, sure. put, I don't care uh, who they put behind that Swiss cheese line. I, it doesn't matter. Get Aaron Rodgers, man. Go get Matt Stafford. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that that's the part that is if if you want to give a glass half full for the Eagles, and and not that we necessarily do, uh, but. Yep. What they did do in, in Indianapolis that was successful is built a line and built a scheme that was That's you know, really dependent That's and, and really placed an emphasis on That's it starts Howie, with the line. So if, if See, Nick's bringing Ballard, that over Chris Ballard him, is over there and that might be something. That's what they agreed on. Look, we got to get – isn't it Ballard? Isn't well, that's fair. Ballard, right. Isn't that's, that's, the guy in, in Indianapolis? I think it's – but they, their true. thing was – we have to we because they thought Andrew uh, stay there. He just up and retired. But they Andrew Luck because he got hit so much. So if they if they do bring that over, that would be fantastic. That would be great if they say, okay, the first thing we need to do is fix this offensive line. Then you know we could we could we could use Jacoby for a few years until we get that quarterback. But we have to fix this offensive line first. But if they don't and they start going, hey, we need skill position guys. Well, let's go out and get somebody. Let's get a receiver. Let's go out and spend the money and get the receivers. Let's get that. They'll still be in the same circle getting these old receivers over and over again. And they'll be still 5 and 11, 6 and 10, 4 and 12 until. Yeah. And I mean, and, and and look at the other moves. I'm just you know looking it up here, you know, and, and Matt, you know, weighing on this as well. The the other moves that they've made, coordinator wise, you know, they brought in the guy who's the defensive backs coach for Indianapolis as the coordinator. He's going to be the defensive coordinator, and yes. they've got a, a yes. passing game coordinator, and they've he's got the an, an offensive coordinator, Shane Stitchkin. I don't even know where he's from. Where where is he from? Is he another <laughs> indie guy? Okay, that's funny. <laughs> So, I mean, and, you know, listen, you never know. Sometimes this stuff works, but it's not like they're bringing in, it's not like they're bringing in guys who have this great pedigree. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. You're right. No, You're he was, right. he's right. not from Indy. He's the, he was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Okay. No. Yeah. So, no, you know, no, and, and honestly, no. I don't remember hearing his name see, ever he, mentioned this They thought this that year. because he was um, with um, Herbert. Because he developed yeah. Herbert really well, that he could do the same for Carson. Yeah, that's why. 
Okay, so let's get into the other coaches that may have stuck out in this carousel <clears throat> called the coaching carousel offseason. What what coach what coaching change stood out to you the most outside of Dan Campbell? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we've talked about Dan Campbell on the show a couple times. You know, I've pounded the table for him as a guy that I wanted to see get an opportunity. So I'm, I'm happy to see that happen. He's putting together a very interesting staff in Detroit, um, you know, and, and, and going, you know, one of those being Deuce Staley. Um, but, uh, but, you know, and, and, and they've got an interesting group that they're putting together in Detroit. So while he's a very unconventional choice and, and a lot of people are, are kind of saying like this, this feels like a weird choice. Um, I, I, I'm going to be very curious to see what he does because I think he's, He's learned from one of the best, and I think that you know it's it's worth seeing what they have there, and certainly can't be worse than what they had. Um, the other one that was you know kind of interesting was Atlanta. We talked about Arthur Smith a lot uh, during this season as a guy who you know would be a hot name, but at the same time, almost because of the fact that his name is Arthur Smith, and yeah. because of the fact that he. You know, he while he was on a very good team and, and had a very good offensive scheme and all those things, he was kind of a little bit like he was the opposite of Robert Sala. He was he was the guy who you never saw on camera. You never saw, you know, seeming that he is, you know, the big rah-rah guy or, or any of those kind of things. So he I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with him as a head coach, because I like him a lot for what he's done. I think he deserves a ton of credit for having success with multiple personnel and multiple schemes in, in Tennessee, you know, adapting to, to fit Ryan Tannehill and finding the best way to utilize Derrick Henry and, you know, and, and developing a great wide receiver and all of those things are, are all feathers in his cap. Um, what I'm curious about is he might end up being one of these, uh, you know, Joe Philbin or, or, uh, Cam Cameron, and I'm just using, you know, Dolphins bad ones, you know, just because they're the top of mind. But there's plenty of examples of them. Guys who, are great guys who are great coordinators who are not head coaches, partially yes. because what you have to be to be a head coach is a leader of men. Um, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, perfect example. Anthony Lynn seems like a guy. Now, you know, it's funny because Anthony Lynn seems like the kind of guy that is a rah-rah guy, and he is, you know, leader of men. So, I mean, his problems seem to be other – than that. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be curious to see if Arthur Smith does that in, in the little bit that you've seen him in, in his, you know, kind of little zoom call, you know, interviews that he's done as he's been named the coach. I, I'm not, if I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm not like, wow, this guy screams head coach to me. Um, so, you know, let's see what he does. He's also, he's put together a very interesting uh, staff that has a lot Going for it, getting Dean Pease as a defensive coordinator, I think that is a good big. get. That yeah, it's a good, big. it's a good get. Obviously, we know he's you know had success in the past. Um, you know, getting a a um, uh, Dave Rangone. Where is he from? I know that too, and I can't remember now. Um, just popped out of my brain. Let me hit it real quick in Google. He is. I, I, I'm going to say this while you're looking. He was from the. Um, he was. From Chicago offensive scheme. He was the passing game coordinator in Chicago. He was the quarterback's coach prior to that, which, you know, sure, you can knock him for, you know, Mitch, but at the same time, Chicago did have a consistent offensive scheme 
that always seemed to be at least putting something together. You know, sometimes it was limited by the, the trigger man, but it, it never seemed like a boring scheme that couldn't figure out how to get out of their own way. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's another, you know, interesting, you know, person to bring on board with that. And he's uh, got John, he's got John Hoke as well. Well, I missed that one. Where's, where's he's going to be the defensive backs coach. Okay. Uh, he comes from uh, university of Maryland. Uh, this was today, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, I missed that one. Um, yes, yeah, you know, like and they hired staff, and they hired Ted Monashino today, uh, who was the uh, Chicago Bears assistant to coach mm-hmm. the outside linebackers. Which you know, probably pretty good, you know, pedigree there for what you know they had going on. Um, um, I and, thought and, that you know their new general manager was pretty good, yeah. I, who is a you know hot name you know for the general manager ranks, you know he is a guy that a lot of people are are you know saying he's you know kind of the next you know big name guy, um, you know so that's that's you know good for them you know he's been you know in the Saints system um, you know for a while um, so that's you know he's he's getting a lot of credit for that, um, so yeah I mean that, like that's another one and then you know close to home for us is the Robert Sala hire, um, which, listen, it's better than anything the Jets have done in a long time. It's the perfect foil for all of the things that Jets fans hated about Adam Gase. Robert Sala is 100% the opposite. Um, I just question, like, I'm not, I'm not terrified as a Dolphins fan of what the Jets are doing um, because of you know, getting Robert Sala. Now I could be wrong on that. He might end up being great. And a lot of people are comparing him to Brian Flores and saying, you know, he's kind of the next guy in that same mold um, that, you know, he gets the players to buy in and that kind of thing. But when you get, when you try to get that next. Well, but he's, he's been a name for a while. So I, I, you know, I won't, I won't put it on them saying like, Oh, they're just trying to do the same thing. Like he, 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 you know, he's been, you know, people thought he'd get a shot last season ended up sticking around um, weird one for them that I saw miles Austin. Do you remember miles Austin, the wide receiver? Yeah. yeah. My, he, he's from, he's from Monmouth college, which is where my wife and her whole family, they all grew up in that area. Didn't, they didn't all go to Monmouth, but a couple of, you know, the family members did. Uh, so I've always kind of tracked miles Austin as a wide receiver. Um, and of course he had, you know, some fairly decent NFL fame. He is actually the wide receivers coach there now, uh, which is crazy because I feel like he was like in the league like a year ago, but I guess it's actually been longer than that. And I'm just very old. Um, but, you know, he's bringing in Michael floor um, who is a name that people are very high on and think yep. that he deserves a lot of credit for San Francisco. So, you know, he's, he's, he's got that going for him. Um, he's bringing Greg Knapp, who's a name as a quarterback. So, you know, if they do end yep. up sticking with Darnold mm-hmm. or if they, you know, go young in the draft, you know, they've got a guy who should make sense to develop guys. Um, you know, so I mean, they, they are not a laughing stock any longer. Um, now I'll be very curious to see what they end up doing because I have a feeling that they're sticking with Darnold. Um, and I think that's part of what got him the job is I think that Salah sold them on, I can get something out of Darnold with the staff. Um, and, and Darnold has enough skill, you know, it was Adam Gase's failing, not his. 
um, which maybe it is because, um, you know, he's certainly shown flashes. But personally, I have not seen anything out of Darnold. I think, think I'm terrified of this guy. I think he's just a guy. I I think that um, I think that Detroit, the way they were built and the way that they kind of, um, you know, how they came together with their coaching staff, I do hope that Dan Campbell succeeds. I just, I hope that he's not a, uh, a younger version of Rex Ryan where he has all the mouth and doesn't have all of any of the talent to back up as a head coach. Because if he, if he can, if he can get the Detroit lions back on track, you know, it makes the NFC North, that much more competitive and it makes football again it kind of closes the gap on the well there's only one team in there and there's not that many there's not that many divisions anymore where it's just one team and everybody else is trash yeah yeah you're, those you're days more i feel like those days are coming to a close because in the nfc east the giants are on the rise the redskins are on the rise the cowboys are the cowboys it may be yeah, the but, Eagles that but, fall off. Never, I mean, listen, the NFC East wasn't supposed to be a clown shoe college division this year. I mean, people right. had, you know, I'd seen, right. you know, Dallas pegged for the Super Bowl, you know, You're right. season stuff. You You're know, right. So. And then in the AFC, you now have Miami, Buffalo, and New England could come back in there. They absolutely but... could. It, it all depends on what they end up doing at the head or at the, uh, the quarterback spot. Yeah. Um, you know, which is really all over the board because we've talked about, you know, they could end up getting, you know, a veteran like Stafford, or I could see them going after one of these somewhat young but veteran, you know, options that the Goff, the Darnold, the Wentz, the, you know, those that that group of people. If um, I'm Matt Stafford, I'm going to I'm going to the Rams. Yeah, I mean, except for the fact that, like, you know, we talked about it length last week, so no reason to, to relitigate it. You know, Matt certainly made a, a very compelling argument for a, a Drew Brees to go to the Rams. So if I'm if I'm the Rams and I have a choice between Matt Stafford or Drew Brees, I'm I'm taking Drew. Going. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. Drew. I'm taking Drew. I'm <laughs> so, yeah. taking Drew. I mean, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and listen, the, the thing we talked about a little bit as far as the Aaron Rodgers, like I say, I don't think it's happening. But how amazing of an offseason would it be if you go – if you have – in the same offseason, you have Aaron Rodgers potentially getting traded, who's coming off of what everyone believes he's going to win the MVP, as he should. Um, you know, coming off of being the MVP, getting traded. You have Deshaun Watson, a 25-year-old, absolute elite quarterback, potentially getting traded. Like, that that would be the craziest NFL offseason. Matt Stafford, who is 32 years old and can still play – Right, and then you have, and then you have the whole other crop of, you know, the Matt Staffords out there that are guys who really could play, and and just, uh, you know, need maybe a new opportunity, you know, that that uh, it could be a really interesting offseason for NFL quarterback movement. They or haven't. They it could haven't all done be that in a while. Jack and nothing, and that Watson staying home and Aaron Rodgers is staying home. Which just a quick piece on that. I think that Watson is staying home based on what they do at the head coach shot. I know the rumor out there and I know the, the, the reporting out there is it doesn't matter what they do at the head coaching spot. Nothing is going to mend that fence. 
I don't think that's this is just you know gut. This is you know just going by that. I think that that depending on who they end up hiring is going to make the determination of whether or not Watson stays. Well, I think that's why they made a hire yet because I think that they're still holding out hope for the enemy. He's the favorite. He's the favorite. Well, I mean, you know, depending on who you read and when, you know, going into this Sunday, the favorites were Jim Caldwell and Leslie Frazier. Um, so, you know, it's it's questionable, which, you know, the Caldwell thing makes me laugh. He's a fantastic coach. Don't get me wrong. I think he uh, is a, a guy that deserves another shot. But most recently, what he had was a chance to be the offensive coordinator in Miami and had to step away from that role because of health concerns. So I don't know how being a year older and – taking on a more stress-filled position is, is going to be any better for your health. Um, but, you know, we'll there see. was a time where getting the older coach was good for your team because. Sure. No, no. And listen, Alba makes a lot of sense for that kind of a thing because they need a steady hand. That's the thing is I don't think the enemy is actually the right fit for what needs to but happen. That's the thing. They need somebody who's a builder. The, the, and that goes back to, to to Frazier, the time for the older he, coaches, he the time of the older coaches probably passed, and people are now just going with the thirty-seven-year-old, the thirty-five-year-old, the forty-year-old. Yeah. Because yeah. you can, you can, if if I go out and I get me a sixty-year-old, right? They might, they might give me three good years, and they're re- they're ready to quit. I don't think that's true. I mean, you got coaches, you know, that are going to coach well beyond that. I think it's more no, no, about no, no. the trend of just no. What, what I'm saying is, right what now. I'm saying is, if you get it now, like Andy Reid is sixty, like sixty-two years old, right? But if he was still coaching somewhere else, and the Kansas City Chiefs said, "Hey, I want you to come aboard," you really think that he would give them five, six, seven, eight, nine years? It's not happening. If Bill Belichick, but at the same time, this is. This is the cyclical nature of the NFL because going back a couple of years, what was in the Super Bowl was Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Harbaugh and, you know, those young, you know, hot, you know, coordinator types right. uh, that, that, you know, make a lot of splash. And that's where, you know, that's where the next crop of the, the Brian Flores and the Joe right. Judge and the, yep. the Spanskis, yep. you know, that's where they came yep. from. Now, you, now, you know, fast forward, now look what's in the Super Bowl this year. Bruce Arians and Andy Reid, old guys, doesn't get more right. Old than I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, if you got any older, it would be like Pete Carroll, like when it was Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. Like that's old, right? They're exactly, old. that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, these, that, you know, but it's these, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see a little bit of a shift there, if not this season, maybe into next season. But I think that Houston probably should look that way. Um, but again, I think it, it feels like Houston is being held over a barrel by Watson. Rightfully so, also, by the way. I'm, I'm not one of these people. I, I, there's a lot of conversation around Watson in Miami um, where there's a lot of people down here who do not want Watson in Miami because they say, look at what he's doing to that team. Look at how he's holding them hostage. Look at how he's not being a teammate. You know, all these kind of things. I couldn't disagree more with that. Um, I don't think this is a situation where Le'Veon Bell is trying to hold out and get more money. That's what is, not what's what is happening he, What is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to do it? Like they're saying, he's not well, supposed to saying. do Watson what he's doing. Is, he's a guy who is—he's been betrayed. He's been lied to. He's been given a bad situation. They traded away his best player. 
you know, his, I mean, what his is best he, wide like, what receiver. Is he, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed to just sit there yeah. and just go, well, I know you trade away with the guy that, that's going to make me better. I know that you're going to sit up here and you're going to do, you're going to give me a coach that's not going to make me look better. I know that the front office is is just a bunch of clowns. And- when when he's when he's the prime of his career and knows it and knows that if this is wasted for another three right. years of just you know treading water with a terrible coach right. and a bad situation, and that's why I believe that there he could force his way out because he has all the leverage and because I think that there is a degree of it's not. It's not repairable because it stems from the he ownership. Doesn't, the ownership I mean, he is- doesn't have all the leverage. He has some, but he doesn't have. I mean, he, he doesn't he have has. a lot of leverage. Because my thing is this: dude, you're on the contract, and if you were- yeah, but he could he, he could he can absolutely just say I ain't gonna play, and that's fine, and that's he, fine. He could he could absolutely do. That. And listen, it's not a bad move for him because you know what you know that that team isn't going anywhere. So why go ahead and go out there and put yourself through being a, a great quarterback on a bad no, team? I, look, for another, I'm there. I'm there you with know? you. And it just seems. And listen, it's always, it's always seems to work out in the player's favor. Whenever a player does this, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, well, you know, like, like, and I'm not saying it's the right way to do things, it's, but it always ends up being that those players get their opportunity. They get some team that says, all right, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And another team that says, I'll be happy to deal with it. Right. And they get paid. Right. You know what I mean? They're not, so, they're not productive, you know, like, but they get paid. No, no. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's successful. I'm saying successful as far as like Le'Veon Bell succeeded in doing what he wanted to do and getting his money. He, he absolutely had a ski mask to do it. Um, but <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, that's, that was his goal. Um, you know, good same. You know, Daryl Rivas. You know, back in the day, the same kind of yeah. thing. You know, it was you know, th- those players. You know, when they do this, and, and again, I'm not saying it's the way it should work. It's not not what I would like to see. It's not as a fan what I like to see, but it is. You know, what their options are, and would it shock me if it came push to shove that he says I'm just not going to play and doesn't play? Wouldn't shock me at all. And I don't think that they'll do it because here's the thing: as a Houston, why wouldn't you agree to trade him to Miami, the Jets? You know, I don't know who else is out there that has the the ammunition they're talking about. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of That's the teams. I'm pretty, I mean, maybe big teams that have the, the big, maybe Carolina, maybe um, because you could. But those teams they don't have multiple draft picks, so it's like that's what it comes down to. To me, it's well, like, well, for Miami me, have a young quarterback to send their way. They have multiple draft picks to send their way. And they have a team that he would potentially want to come play well, I, for. The Jets, because he likes Robert Sala, supposedly that was his number one choice. And Miami, because he likes Brian Flores and he likes having no taxes. And he likes, you know, what Miami's got going on. And the fact that they, like, the thing is for Miami, where like, I'm in a different boat than a lot of Miami fans that are out there. I actually am in favor of trading for Watson, even for giving up a boatload why? for him. I would go as high as trading Tua. A first this year, a first next Ooh. year, a second this year, and a second next year. I would go Ooh. that high. That's a lot, and it's it's huge. But because here's why: you're still getting a first this year, and a second this year, and a second next year. Like so, you're you're you, all you're really missing out on is a first next year. Everything else is just gravy from basically the other trades you've made, and you get Deshaun Watson, a 25 year old star quarterback. Um, so, I mean, that's where, like, and listen, I'm not going to try, I'm, that's not my opening 
offer, you know, like that's, I don't start there. I'm just saying like, if, if someone, you know, which was a conversation we were having in another chat, like what's the max you go to, that would be the max I go to. And I wouldn't be sad to see that done as a Miami fan because it wouldn't leave the cupboard bare. It wouldn't be the same as what they gave up to get Laramie Tunsil. And it wouldn't be the same as what they gave up to get Khalil Mack or any of those kind of things because they still have other picks. I mean, I know they so, like, do, I, wouldn't necessarily I know they do, but would I? Like, I wouldn't trade the third pick to Houston, probably, but I'll trade the 18th. Oh, yeah, they're coming for the third. They're coming for your highest Yeah, pick. they can come they're for it all they want. The, the difference pick. is, like, but the, the, the different, like, so. See, for the, see so, for like, the this Jets. This is honestly the way I would trust it. I would, I would say, I would say I'll offer you either the third and the second second or the 18th and the first second, like, you know, I'll do some combination thereof because, and that where I would probably push to to keep the third is because the other thing is the third pick for Miami isn't going to be the third pick. Like there's no question in my mind that the dolphins don't pick it. But the the dolphins are getting more picks. Might not even be the 18th. You could, you could take that. And get that, and get that two back. And get that two back. They hundred percent will turn that into more picks, and and that's where like as a Dolphins fan, if you can get Watson, even though you're giving up such a massive amount, an RG three level amount, and all that, like you're still getting great value because you set yourself up for great I success. Would, if I was my um, Houston. Hmm. I, I I could give up the third and keep my 18 as long as mm-hmm. I knew that somebody wanted my 18. And I could get back. So here's I the thing. Like, back, 18's a, 18 is I a good get spot. Back, like still a one, trade back, still get a one in the middle, like toward the end and get my two back. So I still have two twos. So here are the teams – here are the teams that pick after Miami at 18 that don't pick before Miami, you know, or, or earlier in the round. These are the teams that pick after Miami at 18 where you would definitely have potential to trade back for, you know, somebody come up and take a Mac Jones or, uh, you know, one of those guys that, that falls to the middle of the first round. Washington, Chicago, Indy, Tennessee even. As much as Tennessee is not likely – they do need to make a plan behind Ryan Tannehill. That guy's old. The Jets, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville is already going to have that taken care of. So Jacksonville doesn't count. Cleveland, they don't count. Baltimore, they don't count. New Orleans, they probably count now because they're probably losing Drew Brees. Green Bay, they don't count. But New Orleans is so like, all in. See, the problem, with New, I guess with New Orleans, they have to, it would, it would behoove them to come up. Because you know, yes, they're all in. They're and all in on Jamis Winston and. Uh, I mean, I don't and, think that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's true. The word, so. I know they're saying it. I'm saying I don't. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy that based on the way they played this past season. That showed me they weren't all in on Jamis Winston. Um, I mean, you never know. But I'm saying, would it shock you to see Sean Payton go and get a quarterback in the middle of the first yeah, round? I would. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's that. That because. I mean, because if it, it, you look at your oh. board, and that's the best player on the board, and that's how they pick anyways, best player on the board, 
then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab him. Would it be I? Would it be you know the eyebrow raise on on everybody else's end? Yeah, but guess what? You're not on my board. Yeah. You can't see my board and what I'm looking at, and as the people that are already yeah. gone, and you go, well, look, the best player that we have on our board right now is this guy right here. A that's what. So like, if you look at what Miami has at 18, although it's not as good as obviously what they have at three, like there's still a lot of potential trade back there. So even if you trade, and again, you might not need to because Deshaun Watson does have all the leverage. If it ultimately comes push to shove, like it's, it wouldn't shock me to see that trade happen for a little bit less value than what he's actually worth because the alternative for Houston is but- nothing. The alternative for Houston is getting a guy who is a PR nightmare in a rebuild with new everything across the board that you don't have but then anything I would to see, build around. But You're then I would see the lot. New York Jets coming up and saying, oh, that's what you want? Okay, so here's what we're going to give you. We'll give you first-round picks this year, next year, the year after. Miami did how many first rounds? This year and next year? I'll give I, you I this year, next year. Think- the I don't think I don't think Robert Sala says mortgage my entire future because that's the other thing too is that the Jets don't have a great team around him. Like, like, to- they, like even if that happens, like as much as I don't want to see Watson end up on the Jets, I'm not even upset if that happens if I'm a Miami fan because if they trade away everything they had to get Watson, you know what they're getting, you know what they are. They're I the get Houston it. Texans. I, I saw I saw how good Deshaun Watson was I on a team that. full of nobody. Listen, it ain't up to Robert Sala. It's not up to him. And you know, and you know well, that Woody Woody's coming back. Woody is back this year, and he's going to be Woody. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 not Woody. He's not. I mean they they, they like the GM and they they believe in the GM there. You know, so I mean he's making the decision, and he likes Darnold also, by the way. But like. Would it shock me for them to do it? No, but again, it would shock me for the value of what they'd have to give up, that they would set up a new regime for that much, like that big of a problem, to give away all of that for one player, as great as he is. And again, he might even be worth it, but the difference is exactly what I'm saying as, as a Miami fan, where I don't mind making the trade because it's not leaving the cupboard bare. If you trade all that, if you're the Jets, you are leaving the what cupboard if I, what if, bare. What if I'm Chicago? And, and, do I put my name in the hat? Right. What if I'm Chicago? It, it it wouldn't be like them, but I mean, listen. If he actually is on the trade market, then everyone's going to put their name in the hat. But the difference is because he controls all the trade. He's not going to another team besides Miami, the Jets, maybe uh, you know, if a team like I don't know, uh, you know, maybe New England or something, if they came in. But at the same time, like even that. He, he's, he's just played under Bill O'Brien. He didn't want to go play under Bill Belichick. Um, and he, he doesn't like any of the New England stuff. Like, that's that's pretty much part of the reason why he doesn't like what they're doing now. He doesn't like the fact that Chaplin from New England, Easterby, came in and, and you know, screwed the whole show there. I guess it's, and now he's brought in the GM from New England. Like, he I doesn't like any of because that. Because I, I would be – I would that – because of the fact that you're trying to be somebody else. You're trying to be New England. Stop trying to be New England. We're Houston. Can we just be Houston? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, for, from Watson's perspective, he just doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense that he would go But if you're going to, to if, if you're, if you're going to Miami- be, be the team, if, if you're going to be New England, then go to New England. Don't bring New England here, because we're not New England. 
we're, we're Houston. That's what I'm saying. Like he definitely got the regime he's played under was a similar enough style, but that obviously isn't what he likes. So what I'm saying is I, I you know, and again, I, I think it's more likely that he ends up staying, but if you're going to say what makes sense, it is a team like the Jets because he did choose Robert Sala as being the coach that he wanted to get. It does make sense for Miami because they have the pieces, they have the no taxes, they, it's Miami for Christ's sake. Like, I'm sorry, that, that does count for a something. Like, every player has a home Miami. Love Miami. I'm <laughs> sorry. They love it. Be <laughs> like, well, we love Miami, but the oh, ownership and the staff it. and everything. But now everybody loves Brian Flores. Every, like, you know, everybody says Brian. I mean, he might be coach of the year still. They, they, like, he's still very much being talked about as being in the running for coach of the year. You know, so I mean, like, like he's like like everything is in place that is attractive to free agency. How would Watson as a player be? I understand Mm -hmm. that you're upset about the GM because he came from New England. I get you, but how? Because I I read the reports that he was mad that another GM didn't come in, and I'm like, well. Well, he was mad that they didn't bring in the GMs that he talked about. He was mad that they didn't bring in the GMs that they hired a search firm. But how to go would he know about find. those GMs? Because he supposedly had a conversation with the owner. That's the whole thing is that, like, he supposedly sat down with the owner and said, "Like, I want to, I want a, a, a voice in right. this room." Right. And they said, "Of course, right. you're a franchise quarterback. Right. You have a voice in this room." And then he said, "Okay, here's my thoughts on it." And, and what are your thoughts on it? And they said, here's our thoughts on it. This is what we're planning on doing. This is what we're looking at. This is who we like. What do you think? Oh, I like that too. And then they said, yep, bye. And then the minute the door closed, they did something completely different. So he feels like he was 100% lied to. And he was. Like, you know, that's that's yep. just the bottom yep. line of it. You know, like I, you, you, can, you can say he shouldn't have a voice because he should just be a player and shut up and I'm do his job. Saying, I'm not saying that's, that. That's a fair <laughs> That's a fair argument that people want to make. That's a fair thing that you can say the, the players should play and the coaches should coach and the GM should build. Like that's, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that mentality, but at the same time, I also don't have a problem with the player in today's day and age saying, I know my value. I know my worth. I know what I am as a franchise quarterback and, and at my age and what, you know, that means I, I deserve I understand to have the a coaching. voice in this. I get the coaching because, Players and coaches talk all the time. I don't care what anybody says. Players and coaches talk all the time. Just like GMs and GMs, they talk all the time and they discuss NFL business oh, all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. So for, an, a, for, sure. for a player to understand what a coach wants to do, whether they are coached in the Pro Bowl or whether you watch their film and their tape and you're like, man, that's something that I could do, I understand the coach. The GM, though... I don't know that you could, as a player, you could jump up and go, well, I want this GM because you have no idea what the GM and the owners discuss in terms of the direction the team is going. Now the the, the prisoners are running the asylum pretty much. If he's... Well, I think what he, what the point was that he was saying and, and that, you know, from his camp, as, as it's being you know talked about, is it's not so much that he wanted to pick the GM, it was that he wanted to feel like the direction of the team matched 
being what was a direction that, that he could see being successful. And what he doesn't like is the direction of the team seems to be getting pushed towards what Easterby because has been he's a wanting preach, to have like happen. he's a he's a he's a he's a glorified televangelist. And and for me, I mean, and for uh, me, something. If I'm a player, I, I have a comic book reference that no one will get. He's glorious Godfrey, but no one knows what that God. is. Anyway, anyway <laughs> if I'm a player, I'm like wait a minute you are taking direction from the preacher and not nfl people yeah and i mean like okay if the if the firm said nick casario is our best bet then i would be okay with that because the nfl people say that this guy says sure yeah yeah no that's that's but you're that wasn't the case at all (laughs) you're taking your decisions, you're making your decisions based on what the preacher says because he apparently, yeah. apparently, he got into Houston because he said, when he interviewed at Houston, he said, God told him that this is where I need to be. Okay, cool. Hire him as the, the, the preacher. But when they're having discussions, he would randomly come in and just say, hey, God is telling me that we need to do this. God is telling me we need to do that. And God is telling me we need to do this. God says God this. Says God throw says throw the that. ball. God says this. <laughs> and they're making their decisions based on what this preacher is saying. Now, granted, he's very respected as the chaplain. He's not the chaplain. He's not the chaplain anymore. I mean, somewhat. That, that, that depends no, I mean, on as the, as the As Listen. the team building chaplain, he is very respected as a team building chaplain. Not a GM. The, the the story coming out of Houston is that everyone, you know, the, the, for the people who don't like it, you know, the, the players who have, you know, talked anonymously and the, you know, people like uh, Andre Johnson and those kind of people have weighed in. The, the conversation around him is they believe he's a guy that is absolutely manipulating the situation to gain favor and position in the organization. Right. And Be- it's working. And and they and they don't like that because they don't think that yes. one he's deserving of it. Two, they don't think that he has the right yes. interest Be- in mind. Uh, so that that's where you know the team is at. It's it's very very similar in a way to what was supposedly the the power struggle in Miami when you had um, you know Donna Ponte and you had um, uh, Ireland, oh my God, Ireland and you had oh, you know. That whole, yeah, exactly. You, yeah, that whole group. Yeah, that was, there was a lot of very similar kind of I conversations remember. you're hearing. Is that there were? I don't trust these people have the the right mentality to try and be successful. They have the mentality to yep. be successful for themselves. I remember that? Not that they were clowns. Like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of similarity in those kind of like infighting and power struggle. And, and and as someone who lived through that with their team, no, it's never good. It's never good, even if someone's again, right in the scenario. As his, it's still as not his, good. It's just it's, it's everything's going in a different direction. As the chaplain, if he stayed as a chaplain, well, I don't think he came into Houston as a chaplain. I think he came into Houston as the culture same, coordinator. As I same bullshit. Type culture of coordinator, chaplain. It's the same. It's pretty. It's it's pretty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's pretty much the same. It's just a different title. 
And if he would have stayed in that role, he probably would have been very respected in Houston. But what happened was, well, yeah, what happened was they started kind of giving him a little bit more and a little bit more, and he and he took that power, and now, well, yeah, he's, now he's cool the, with the. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he got the owner to 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 come to his Bible study or something like that. I don't know. It just it, it just it just seems so like like some like I just see him as like worm tongue Lord you, of the Rings. But you got to remember, see him as like the guy who's. Texas, in the King's year. Texas has no, three F's. There are three F's. And when I moved out here to Texas, they said Texas as a state is three F's. Faith, family, and football. In that order. Faith, family, football. So when you look at I mean, it, if I say, I don't, I don't, if I say God said, that holds a lot of weight in the state of Texas. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. You know, have kind and of a all old you, school and mentality all you really in that need to be is you need to be right a couple of times, and then people will just think that you are the next Jesus Christ. That's just look. You remember that the the junk that happened out in Waco that happened out in Texas that happens on Texas Watch because they really believe <laughs> that that faith is so no, listen, much you're not going to get me to argue that there are crazy people in Texas. Crazy. Just, look, you know. <laughs> some of these people out here are crazy. And when you start, when you start throwing it, <laughs> I mean, listen, I live in Florida, so I can, you know, I, I have no room to right. really talk it, for my own. It's state. just like when you throw uh, that around, people start believing it. And it's just like, oh, I guess what he's saying is correct. And it just took Houston from a, a pretty, they were Houston with the level of talent that Houston had at one point, there was no reason why they shouldn't have won a championship with the level of talent that they had because they were scary on defense. They were extra scary on offense. And Oh, but I mean, back in the day, like before they yes. those pieces away. And it's just like, it's just like yeah, nobody yeah. wanted to see Houston, but in the playoffs, it just was like, is this the same Houston team? Bill O'Brien would just fizzle. JJ Watt would get hurt. Um, they would take you right to the brink. They were right there, and then they would just, they would just fizzle. And it's just like, man, they just right there. All they need is a running back. They always needed a good running back. They had a decent to med- mediocre to decent running back, and all they needed was a great back to kind of get this to kind of. And they yep. just would. They, they would. Miller off of Miami, and, and nope. he never came to fruition. And, and the good ones, and the good ones that they, they had, they gave away. They just gave them away. And it's like, oh my god, yeah, it, it was just it, so it, bad. Yeah. But you know, at this point, so yeah, I mean, it's you, you got to think that the reason that they haven't announced a head coach at this stage is because the enemy is, you know, the the number one. Um, you know, on their option. And, and it feels like the reason why he is the number one, because he's the one that I think that they, I, I almost feel like there's like a, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink deal between him and Watson that it's, you know, if the enemy is the coach, I stay. And I'm going to say I'm this, I'm going to pray doing. for him. And if, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Pigskin Pandemic Podcast. We are available now on Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you usually find your favorite podcasts. Please tell your friends, leave us any comments you have about the show, 
and a five-star rating would be great. You can also find us now on our Facebook page. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, please wear a mask and stay safe out there.